Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we will be discussing an article from the January issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled, Burning Your Bottom Line, How Hot Hay Changes Forge Quality. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by the author, Ben Beckman, who's a Nebraska Extension Educator based in the northeast part of the state. Thanks for joining me today, Ben. Glad to be here, Aaron. Well, Ben, the focus of this article is the impact of what can happen when we get hay put up too wet and actually some reactions that can occur there to that hay, the heating of that hay, can actually do some damage to the quality of that hay and then impact the nutritional value to the animal. Share with us some things we should understand about what happens when we put hay up too wet and the impact of that to forge quality. Sure. Now, when we're looking at our um, hay resources, we are well aware of a lot of the impacts that happen when we have hay that's been put up too wet. Uh, we have mold issues a lot of times. Uh, you know, a really big concern that gets talked about a lot is is internal combustion. Um, when we get things really, really wet, we have that danger. Um, but there's always uh, another side to it here, and that's we can have some heating that occurs on a lower level, but still has some of these issues that arise, like you mentioned, that aren't quite as noticeable and, and actually might be seen as a positive to some producers, but can still cause some issues for us. So what initially happens, because hay isn't protected from oxygen like a lot of our anaerobically fermented feed things, um, things like silage, haylage, where we're putting those in a either a really wet environment or we're wrapping them or we're putting them in a silo or a bunker and packing those tightly, since that oxygen can get in, that allows microbes and, and bacteria that are present naturally on that, that hay to continue to grow. And they start using the plant proteins and sugars and start kind of decreasing the, the nutrient value of our hay initially. And in that process, we get some heat that's produced. That's just kind of naturally occurring. It's gonna happen anytime that we put up hay. But when we get hay that's too wet, this process continues for a longer period of time and we get into this period where we kick off something called a Maillard reaction. Um, a Maillard reaction is, um, even if you've never heard of it, uh, you're probably familiar with it. It was described by a French chemist um, in 1912, and it's what's responsible for a lot of the browning and cooking of foods um, that we have whenever you're doing something in the kitchen. So whenever you're searing a steak on the grill, that nice you know, dark grill marks that we get, um, it's responsible for the crust on bread. Anytime we get that kind of browning, um, cooking where the heat and the food come together, that's a result of the Maillard reaction. And we have this occur in our hay as well. What happens again is we get this heat, it starts to build up in around 170 degrees Fahrenheit, the Maillard reaction kicks off. And the reaction itself is just um, naturally occurring at this high temperature where proteins and sugars in the hay start to combine and change and denature and it turns into something they call a Maillard polymer. And the results, that really sweet um, caramel looking hay, um, some people call it uh, kind of tobacco smelling and you know, see this sometimes in our bales and, and cows actually love it. It's the same reason that we like a well-cooked steak. It's really tasty, something that those animals kind of seek out and prefer. Now, the issue with this is that that Maillard polymer, while our animals like it and it's really tasty, isn't as great nutritionally as the base hay would be. 
that chemical reaction that developed that Maillard polymer has kind of denatured the proteins and made them unaccessible uh, for our animals to actually use. And the big catch with this is the fact that our standard crude protein content in our feed analysis doesn't catch these you know, heat damaged proteins, these Maillard polymers. So if we send in a hay sample from some hay that's had this Maillard reaction occurring, uh, we're gonna get crude protein content that's actually higher than what the animal is actually gonna get out of that hay. So the solution is actually pretty simple. Uh, we can recognize this you know, Maillard reaction occurring. We see that, that caramelized hay, we can smell it. It's pretty easy to uh, locate in our bales. And all we have to do is add an additional test onto our protein analysis. Um, if we think that we've got enough of this caramelization that's occurred in our bale yard. Uh, we just need to have, it's either called a heat damage protein test or acid detergent and soluble crude protein. They both do basically the same thing. It's just kind of two different ways of going about it. Uh, it. Depends on which lab you're working with, which one they choose to use. And this goes through and, and does a little bit more critical look at our proteins available and it'll actually allow us to tell what proteins the animal can use and which ones have been denatured and damaged by heat. So we can get an actual uh, true analysis of those forages and be able to set up our rations in the right way. Well, I think some of the things you've shared with us, Ben, are maybe things we've observed before, but didn't really realize the potential impact of understanding that when this hay goes through a heating process, that it is impacting forage quality. And though the product may be still palatable to animals, the nutrient value that's there, both from an energy standpoint and the quality of protein that we're able to get out into the animal has probably changed, in fact, decreased, is pretty important to understand. So I really appreciate you sharing that with us. Anything else you'd like to highlight about this process that we should be aware of as we point towards wrapping this up? You know, Aaron, it's just something that when we're in our stockyards, uh, you know, we always suggest that producers go out and we uh, take a look and make sure that we're doing some forage samples. We can be keeping our eye out for whether it's this caramelization, whether we have some mold content. Um, we've had a lot of forages that year this year that have might been put up a little bit wetter than what we normally like or uh, got some additional moisture onto them. Um, so it's really good to just kind of keep that eye out. And, you know, a little bit's okay, but if we start getting um, high levels, that's when we need to start considering adding these additional tests those additional steps to make sure that we're meeting our nutrient requirements. We had a lot of situations last year with our really cold temperatures that that our hay, you know, even high quality hay wasn't meeting those animal requirements. And we've got some bales that, you know, may have this caramelization that occurred and they're not high energy or protein as we think. And we start getting into these cold temperatures. Um, we need to start developing that plan again of how are we going to provide additional supplement. And if we're not aware of that or, or looking for that, uh, we can get ourselves into, you know, some issues pretty quickly. Thanks again for joining me today, Ben. Thank you, Aaron. For more information on the article that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I'd encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. At the website, you'll be able to find this article in the January issue of the Beef Watch newsletter. Also at the website, there's additional information on understanding hay testing as well as hay analysis.